Good evening and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. Uh, We got a lot to talk to you about this week. It was a very busy week in the nerd pop culture sphere and um, we can get right into it. But but before we do, uh, I would be remiss if I did not introduce myself. I am Illegal86 as always and I am joined by Mrs. Well, I was going to call you Mrs. Nerd Bomber, but you're not married. Um, so do you prefer Ms. Nerdbomber or Miss Nerdbomber or just Nerdbomber? I prefer debomb.com Nerdbomber. I, I'd say she's Nerdbomber now, and then when she gets married, she'll go from Nerdbomber to Tech Chick. Wow. Is, have you guys actually talked about that? I have not talked about that, but that is an interesting proposition, but I feel like it would throw a lot of people off. Just thinking about it. Tech Tick and Tech Chick. People have have just now probably adapted to our names and gotten used to them, and you're suggesting that we change one, and I I just don't know if that's in the best interest of the longevity of this podcast. I feel like I'm too attached to Nerd Bomber. I've had it for so long. I mean, that hails back to the nerdbomber.com days, and... Right, there's a legacy associated with it. Exactly. Um... The other guy who you heard talk already is, is Tectic, by the way. Tech. I like I should tick. Tech, tick, and tech chick. I mean, it does have a, a decent ring to it. We'll have to talk about that in our in our business meeting. We don't have business meetings, um, but we'll talk about it it's off the air. This is business time. Um, all right. So, as I mentioned, we have we have quite a bit to discuss with you today. Um, I mean, Gamescom was this week, which we're going to we're gonna kind of rapid fire go through that. We're going to talk about this new trailer for The Morning Show, which is that hot new show with Steve Carell and Jennifer Aniston um, that you may have seen the trailer for. We're going to mention uh, The Matrix 4. That's right. The Matrix is apparently coming back. Um, and we're going to be talking about also probably the biggest news of today, I think, which is uh, the MCU's apparent loss of Spider-Man. Um, and uh, yeah, as we record this, which we record on Tuesdays, uh, it, it, it just broke today and I still can't believe it, honestly, but, um, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, but first let's just talk about, uh, let's start by talking about the matrix and, um, I should say off the top, I feel like I'm always doing this when we talk about certain things right off the bat. I start by saying that I have never seen the matrix two or the matrix three, which I think are called reloaded and revolutions. I think um, I've only seen the first Matrix also. Tactic? What I've heard, yeah. What, have you seen Tactic? Yeah, I've seen all three, but I haven't seen them all in a, in a while. But all in all, I felt like the Matrix trilogy, and I'm going to say it again, trilogy, was wrapped up quite well. I, I, I feel like it would need to be kind of a whole new spinoff. And it's not because I believe Keanu Reeves, and I forgot who else is in the movie because it's been so long since i've seen the carrie ann moss yes i believe they're yeah, both Trinity. reprising their roles so i've heard I, I yeah i mean i'm just gonna say right off the bat that i feel negatively about this and, and there's a few reasons for that um one is that conventional wisdom there, there's a reason i have not seen reloaded in revolutions and that is that conventional wisdom of society is that the matrix got worse as it went and, and tactic, I don't know if you agree with that, but um, you know, there, there's that aspect of it, which it seems like it only got worse after the first one, which was the first one was great and revolutionary in a bunch of different ways. Um, but even if the third one was bad, like you said, it assumedly put a knot, it tied a knot on this and ended it. 
and now they're shaking the dust off of it after what 15 years it feels it just doesn't seem right it feels very fan servicey to me it feels like we're in this nostalgia driven period right now where we're trying to reboot and refresh a, to- a ton of different ips in terms of movies games tv shows all that kind of stuff so i feel like this is just like a fan servicey type move and like you said like I stopped after The Matrix 1. I thought that was a good movie, and I didn't hear great things about the other two in the trilogy. I don't know. I'm sure if you're a big Matrix fan, this is probably really exciting. For me, it's just kind of meh. I don't know that it's a nostalgia thing. I think they're riding on the coattails of the Keanu Keanu hype. Exactly. Yeah, 100%. When I first heard it, I was like, this makes sense. Like, Even if they have been talking about this for years... They're seeing what Keanu is doing right now, and they're like, we should announce now and like really try and get ahead of the hype. Because big picture, did you also see that they're announcing a new Bill and Ted? That's been announced. That's been that's been out for that's like in production. That's been right. announced for and that, for that's quite my a while. point. It's it's not just you know, nostalgia of Matrix fan base. It's Keanu's career. Let's let's we'll see what we can milk out of this puppy. Right. Because he is a puppy. And he is always being milked. He's ageless too. That that is another part of this. That you know, there are theories online that he's immortal, which I think I talked about that maybe back on the Nerdbomber podcast. But um, I don't know. I just I can't get behind as great as Keanu is right now. Like I want original movie. I want like original concepts, not old IP to to be dusted off. They could they could put a new spin on it. There's a lot of fan theories out there that says that um, Mr. No, not Mr. Agent Smith was actually the good guy and he was the one trying to stop it. And Neo, Neo was the bad guy. And that's why he was able to do all the things that Agent Smith was able to do all the things that he was in the in the Matrix because he was really the, the all powerful one, as they said. And it could a cool kind of twist on it could be that Neo, uh, Neo was the bad guy all along. That might be something fresh. Uh, yeah, I could get there. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I just feel like I don't know enough about the Matrix to to get that far into the weeds. What what I will say is that I think if I read this correctly, only one of the Wachowski sisters is in on this. So one of them said, "Let's do." I think Lena or Lana said let's do it and lily said no no i'm out and to me that's already an enormous red flag yeah that does not um, seem like it bodes well because you know it seems like one of them is like let's let this stay dead it died a good death let's move on and also i'm pretty sure they any of their successful projects they've done together like i know i never saw cloud atlas but that was them as well and that was like you know, I think it got had awards consideration and all this stuff. It was supposed to be a good movie. So yeah, I'm I'm not falling on the positive positive side of this, but uh like you said, Tactic, there may be or one of you said it, there may be Matrix fans out there who are salivating right now. Um I don't know. But that was one of the one of the major pieces of news to come out recently. I think that was also today. Um in the vein of television and film um as i said we'll get to spider-man later but i do also want to talk about the morning show um so the morning show is going to be um i guess one of the flagship shows for um apple tv plus which is going to be apple tv's 
exclusive you pay extra streaming service where there's going to be original content this was this was announced i think last year sometime um but the morning show a trailer for it just dropped and um i mean you got jennifer aniston reese witherspoon um and steve carell and you know i'm i so first of all you did you guys watch the trailer for this I did watch the trailer. It was actually, I thought it was really interesting. They don't actually show you a whole lot. It's basically the set of a morning show and then a bunch of voiceover clips, at least the trailer that I saw. Um, And it basically paints a picture of a divisive morning newsroom between Steve Carell and um, Jennifer Aniston and even Reese Witherspoon kind of seeming like they're on different, um, not necessarily terms with what a morning show should be, but they kind of have different ideas of how they should portray the news to people. So, um, you, I, we've watched different trailers. Uh, it, I, that's my immediate gut reaction. Um, I'm going to bring you up to speed on what the, what the, I think larger trailer shows, which is Steve Carell. It seems like the show starts with his character being, um, removed from the show and outed for, um, like outed as being part of some kind of scandal. Um, strong parallels to Matt Lauer. If you know the whole Matt Lauer thing, um, he essentially gets kicked off the show and there's this scene in the trailer where he's hitting his TV with like a, like a fire poker stick. I, I love Steve Carell when he's serious. I think he's a great comedic actor. Obviously we all know that, but his serious roles have also been great. He was in Foxcatcher, which was great. He was in, um, beautiful boy, which he was good in that. Um, and it looks like they're going to really explore his serious side. Um, so you have him in one corner. In the other corner, you have Jennifer Aniston, who is this uh, aging morning morning talk show host who is set to be replaced by Reese Witherspoon, who's like this up-and-comer. So it, it so looks like, like it Katie might Kirk. be... Yeah, exactly. It looks like it might be kind of like a... I'm getting like strong newsroom vibes because it's obviously that same environment. I'm getting like some, even a little bit of like a house of cards kind of vibe where Jennifer Aniston has this, I'm not going to let myself be elbowed out kind of thing. Um, looks like it could be a really interesting comedy drama, but where I, where I stand on it is I just don't know if it's enough to draw me to Apple TV plus like it, it, this show and other shows for other streaming services have these additional jobs, right? Of like, they need to not only look good, they need to look good enough where you're like, okay, I will pay for a streaming service just for that. Or like, at least in part to watch that show because I really want to. So that's kind of been my problem with all of these new emerging streaming services is that they all have one flagship show that I am super interested in. So like this to me, I was a huge fan of newsroom, which was an HBO show um and uh, granted i dif- didn't obviously see the same trailer that you did but even just it was a voiceover trailer the one that i did watch and it really did give me super strong newsroom vibes and i'm immediately sold like i love all of the actors who are in this star-studded tv show i don't know how long it'll be like is it a, a short kind of like mini series type thing is it a long running show i'm not really sure but my problem like you said is this enough for me to subscribe to a whole nother service especially knowing that you have disney plus coming out and the hbo um subscription service coming out and i already have hulu and i already have netflix and amazon prime i can't be spreading myself thin and it, it's just really tough i 
and understand that the streaming service industry basically gives all of these new production houses a way to make more money. But it feels to me like we need to condense them a little bit because this balloon is not going to succeed. You, well, the opposite is happening right exactly. now. Exactly. Like, uh, we, yeah, no one is going to subscribe to all of these services. And the other, the other side of it too is we're a binge culture. Where so no one's really going to get a, this influx of business right away. They're gonna a lot of people are probably going to wait till the seasons play out, and then how are they really going to be able to get a good reading on whether or not oh we should do another season or this was a successful right. release? I think it's going to be really challenging for all of these streaming service services not being established and trying to have very few flagship shows. They're probably going to basically turn into cable, in my opinion, where you have one overarching service that contains all these quote-unquote channels. That's where I see it going. Boy, wouldn't that be crazy if, if we came back and it was like a dog eating its own tail kind of thing? We, would, we just wound up back at cable. That would be... I never thought of it that way, but I think you make a fine point that that could certainly be the ending destination. I could see there being a, a type of like collaborative service where you get to pick and choose what TV shows you want and maybe not subscribe to the entire thing. And to Tactics point, I do agree, like it'll really impact whether or not series can get renewed for another season. And especially when you're talking about the type of star power and like obviously the big paychecks that are going out to Steve Carell and Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon, like these are high caliber actors that don't come cheap. And Netflix is one of those services and producers where if they don't see good ratings right off the bat, they tend to cancel good shows. And especially in binge culture, like how long do you give a show to see if it's going to be successful enough for a second season? And uh, I just, the more of these streaming services that keep coming out, the less good I feel about it. And I don't know, I, it almost makes me wish that we'd go back to cable, like you said, because at least I knew like I paid $50 a month and I had access to all of the channels and all of the potential TV shows that I want instead of having now to basically get to $50 by subscribing to all of these different individual ones. Or rather, cable moves to demand service only. Yeah, that could be one. I mean, yeah, the, the thing about... It, and to come back to the morning show in particular and, and Apple TV plus in particular is that like things like Disney plus and like, I know NBC is going to be coming out with their own streaming service where they're going to move the office over there off of Netflix, which we've recently discussed, but they have the draw immediately like Disney plus it's asking yourself whether you're going to subscribe to Disney plus is a totally different question because you know exactly what you're getting with Disney plus. I mean, you are getting new stuff too, but you're getting a lot of quality old stuff apple tv plus is like okay we are going to pioneer these new shows but they don't have much else that that they can take like established good content and cram it in there and say come come here to watch this so like it's even more important for them that flagship shows like this really take off and I, like i think what you might see to kind of as, as we're talking about you know, where the future is going in terms of streaming services. Like you've been talking about this binge culture thing and, and you're totally right. And the thing about it and what I could see people doing in the future, if we don't go to like some cable style thing is like, oh, you know what? I want to binge the morning show. So I'm going to get Apple TV plus for a month only and then watch the show in a month and cancel my service. So you're going to be getting a lot of these weird temporary subscriptions, I think which 
then I'm not sure how profitable these things are when, when people move to um, kind of consumer models like that. So it's all extremely interesting. I, I know we're moving away from so the morning even show if, itself. So even if they lock you in for a month, the other side of our culture is we're very lazy to unsubscribe. Well, yeah, and they're probably going to be banking on that. I, I mean, yeah, and then you also said the word, the term lock in, which like you have like, like Regal just came out with a movie subscription service, which is totally different, but like they're requiring immediately that you commit for a year. It wouldn't surprise me if in the future you had your Netflixes and your Hulus and your Apple TV Pluses asking, okay, we need a year commitment from you. Or, or even if you commit for a year, we'll give you a reduced rate of X dollars. You know, I just, I don't know. I don't really know how Netflix makes money in general, <laughs> to be honest. But like streaming services, it's going to turn into the Wild West, I think, very soon. And there's going to be a million different ones. The other side so, of the coin is that streaming services, whether it was TV show streaming services or even music going to Spotify, really reduced the amount of piracy on the internet because everything was convenient. It was one place. You didn't have to go out and search for it. And you basically had a hub in terms of like Netflix and Hulu kind of snuck in there and people didn't really care so much. And like with Spotify, you have a hub where almost every song you can think of is on there. I wonder now that these different networks are creating their own services, not that I condone it, but I just wonder if piracy will make a little bit more of a comeback because people won't want to pay even for a month to have another subscription hit their card. I really like the... The best idea I've heard in this conversation, and I can't remember which of you said it, but this idea of you have one streaming service, but you're picking and choosing certain shows that you want to make sure you have. Yo. Like, I love the idea of doing that. And I, I there may be a universe in which that makes sense. Online like, Warriors Plus, we'll call it. Yeah. Like, what? If, okay. What if I'm trying to think of how this would be done? Like, what if I got a subscription to Netflix, Apple TV Plus, and Hulu all at the same time, and then I gave out memberships to people and was like, okay, but you have to pick certain shows that you that you want to watch from each one so that there's not too many people on one streaming service at once or something. Like, there's, there, there must be some way to make it work, but I'm not a businessman, and actually, I'm kind of an idiot, so I wouldn't be able to figure it out, but some executive out there who's listening to this... I, I there's a lot of executives who listen to online warriors and they're probably jotting notes furiously on a notepad right now. Well, I mean, I think the other alternative too, if you don't want to subscribe to a whole um, streaming service is that you could still, I believe buy the show itself, especially I know Apple sells most of the TV shows and stuff already. You can buy a lot of episodes and movies through Apple TV. So I wonder if they won't just sell whatever their flagship show is. If their subscription service doesn't take off like they think it will, then maybe you just buy it. Hmm. That's an interesting thought. I would like for that to be the case. Because like, yeah, I don't really, I don't know a lot about Apple TV Plus's lineup right now, but like this show looks good. Like there's probably a universe in which if I heard that this show was good, I would pay, I don't know, how much would you pay for an entire season of a of a drama like this? It's What's really tough. Point? I don't know. I feel like you have to pay by the episode. I know even thinking about like I've, I've looked up other TV shows that aren't available on streaming services and just because I'm too lazy for them 
to like eventually hit Netflix or Hulu or something like that. And I think on average they charge like two or three dollars per episode. So if you bundle it in like in a season, I I don't even know. Oh, I don't even know how long the seasons would be. I guess it would depend. I was I was hoping I was gonna say like okay I'd pay a dollar per episode, but you're saying that that is yeah oh yeah buying episodes of TV shows right now as it stands is not cheap. Ugh. Yeah, see, I don't, I don't, I don't have any exposure to that world because I just, I just stream everything. If I see anything that's like pay this amount to watch this episode, I'm like, no, I'll find something else. I'll watch The Office again for the twelfth time. That's doesn't pretty matter. Much where I'm at. It's a good choice. Yeah, we've discussed my my love for The Office, um, which you know, Steve Carell, like that. That's an immediate draw for me. Is like people like Steve Carell and Jennifer Aniston who have these these lengthy and very successful careers like you said they must command a lot of money so apple tv plus is like putting a lot of stock in whatever the show is going to be so um it'll check, be interesting it to see how it pans out do you know when that comes out well so i was just looking actually apple tv itself um apple tv plus does not launch until november 2019 uh, expected for release in the fall and it says availability November 2019 I'm on the Wikipedia page um, I would assume this is going to roll out in yeah it looks like this is going to roll out in conjunction with the rollout of Apple TV plus which I don't know much about Apple TV plus like I don't know if you need to have one of the little Apple TV boxes or if you can just uh, I think you said you can just do it on your computer I yeah I think it's like an app type thing where they're banking, you'll you'll just be able to download the app and subscribe through that, kind of like HBO Go. Yeah, it looks like you're exactly right. Apple's TV app, which is slated to become accessible to numerous consumer electronics devices, including those of Apple competitors. So yeah, it'll be like HBO Go, like you just said. Um, I don't know what the price point is for this. I don't know if it's listed in here anywhere, but well, on the Wikipedia, it's not. So I don't know how much that's going to cost. I guess that will be an interesting conclusion to this conversation when we see, but, um, yeah, yeah uh, go over, watch the, watch the morning show trailer. Tell us what you think. Drop us a comment, et cetera, et cetera. Um, now let's I'd talk l- about, Oh yeah, go Sorry. ahead. Go ahead. No, you're fine. You're- um, now I'd like to kind of talk about some of the things that happened in gamescom. Uh, gamescom is currently underway in Germany this week and it actually kicked off Monday, at least in America with a bunch of like quote unquote press conferences from some of the biggest players. And we saw a bunch of new gameplay videos, including like a more extensive look at the new square Enix Avengers game. Um, there was some new death stranding gameplay, which showed off a P mechanic that was kind of weird and interesting. Um, There was some gameplay and campaign reveal from the Gears of War 5 installment that'll be coming out soon. And there were also like a bunch of new announcements of game releases on both Google Stadia and Switch. However, what kind of stuck out to us the most wasn't actually an official Gamescom announcement per se. It was rather the news that Sony bought Insomniac Games. Um, So if you guys aren't aware, Insomniac Games was an independent developer, and they're responsible for bringing you some of the most well-known games to the PlayStation, including Spyro, Ratchet & Clank, and the latest and greatest hit, Spider-Man. Of course, they also recently worked with Xbox to produce Sunset Overdrive, but now that they're in the Sony fold, they will be exclusive to the Sony platform. I'm stoked. Yeah, I mean, I... so. My exposure to Insomniac, I think, is exclusively Spider-Man. But like, wait, wait, wait. If this helps, you've me- never played 
Spyro or Ratchet and Clank? Or Sunset Overdrive? Uh, no, no, and no. However, uh, a brief addendum to that is that actually my girlfriend is currently playing, I actually think literally right now as I record this, she's in the other room playing Ratchet and Clank. So she's playing it. Um, I never have. I've heard great things left and right, uh, mostly from you, Nerd Bomber. You're a big Ratchet and Clank person from what I remember. Um, yeah, I was a, I was a huge fan of the games on the PS2. I kind of stopped playing them, and I have the latest, like they remade the original Ratchet and Clank, especially when the movie came out. I haven't played that. That's probably what your girlfriend is playing right now, I believe. Yeah, the re- the remaster, I think, is... It, I mean, it, it certainly looks like a remaster. I've walked by when she's been playing it a couple times. It looks fun. Yeah, it, it's not a full remaster like they kind of redid portions of the game and took some portions out and changed the story a little bit so it's not completely the first game and they like threw in a bunch more cutscenes from the movie which is a little odd which is kind of why i haven't played it yet see that's interesting she's she she complained about it at the very beginning that it was too cutsceney. she said it was like watching a movie instead of playing a game and she did not care for that Yeah, so Ratchet and Clank, they actually made a movie out of it. I want to say it was like 2015, 2016, and it actually was like a theatrical release and totally like CGI movie. And then they basically spliced in scenes from that movie into the game. But the movie had a completely, well, not completely, but it was a different enough storyline from the original game that it changed the game significantly when they quote unquote remastered it. I did not know any of this. Um but no, I mean, yeah, my, as I was saying, like my, my main exposure to Insomniac is Spider-Man. But if this, if this move is going to help me get more Spider-Man, then I'm on board. <laughs> I, like, I don't know. I don't know if it will or not. Like my, my gut and like the pessimistic side of me says that big companies buying little companies that are good at making video games is bad. I feel like, I mean, I have a personal experience with that where EA bought Visceral and then told Visceral, okay, no, you're not making Dead Space games anymore. So, like, that's my experience with big guys buying little guys. But, like, I don't know. Should I, do I need to be scared, I guess, is what I'm asking you. I would be excited. Yeah, I think the one thing that's reassuring here is that this is not the first acquisition um, that Sony has made. I'm trying to remember the last one. I know they own Sucker Punch. But um, part of the reason why this acquisition didn't happen earlier is because Sony did try to bully Insomniac into continuing a series um, that they really didn't want to continue. And I think now that Sony's a little bit more hands-off, they've, they've done a really good job of letting their developers take risks, take chances, and kind of do what they want to do. And it's been working out splendidly for them. I mean, look at all of the first-party titles that have come out that have just been phenomenal so i think i mean the spider-man sequel is definitely already underway the amount oh, of no money doubt. that spider-man has sold it, i mean i'm sure insomniac has already started working on the sequel so i think if anything this will just kind of give them financial stability and backing if they didn't already have it i know they're kind of a successful independent publisher and um, development house but it's always good to have the mon- monetary backing of these big guns like Sony behind you. Um, the one thing that I did find really interesting is this does come in the wake of Microsoft making a ton of independent development acquisitions. I mean, Microsoft in the last year, I think, have developed or has purchased six plus developers, if, if I'm thinking correctly. So I wonder, especially knowing that 
Insomniac has had experience working with Microsoft to produce Sunset Overdrive, which was an Xbox exclusive. I wonder if Sony was kind of nervous about Microsoft sniffing around and wanted to snatch them up before Microsoft got a chance. It could certainly be. Yeah, I... hmm. See, my my gut reaction, for better or for worse, is just to be scared when you say things like that, that Microsoft is going around buying up little, little guys. But, I mean... The points you make about Insomniac being closer to Sony makes sense. I mean, especially with the PS5 coming out too, and like some of the PS5 or like the early demo footage we've seen for it has used Spider-Man as like the test case of like, okay, look at what we can do on this new console with this new solid state drive. So like it might be a really, really huge plus for the Insomniac devs to be close close enough to Sony that they know what hardware is coming, they know what to plan for, and they're kind of right in line with that process. Yeah, I mean, Sony and Insomniac have really been very closely linked. I mean, Spyro was originally a PlayStation exclusive up until the latest remaster, which hit, I think, all of the consoles. Even like Ratchet and Clank has been solely PlayStation. They've worked hand in hand for a really long time. So I think this basically just means we won't see much different and maybe just a little bit extra firepower behind Insomniac. The other thing to consider, too, with the, we'll call it random collaborations that Sony has been having with Microsoft, is now they have all of this talent that they can leverage against if Microsoft needs help, and then they can say, hey, you can use some of our developers, and you can get this kind of game mechanic hammered out, and then they can have something to get for themselves. So I think this is definitely also a power move to afford them a more diverse portfolio when it comes to negotiations with it, with competitors. Oh yeah, I definitely Man. agree. I mean, even in terms of we see Microsoft now working with other like the two other big powerhouses all the time. Um I mean, over this this past week at Gamescom, a bunch of games like Ori which was a Microsoft exclusive is now going to be on the Switch. I mean, Microsoft is very um they're open to collaborating with Sony and Microsoft, it seems like. So I wonder if, and fingers crossed, but I highly doubt it. I wonder if we'd see some more cross-platform support in terms of the first-party studios. Yeah, you guys are really wanting the Kumbaya holding hands, Sony and Microsoft. I'm still not seeing it. I I highly doubt it. Like Spider-Man was such a big seller. And I think that game in itself sold so many consoles for PlayStation that I would be very hard pressed to see any Insomniac game in the future go onto an Xbox or a Switch or anything like that. Not that the Switch could even probably handle the technical necessities that Spider-Man needs to run. Um, But as we know now, Sony is holding on to its Spider-Man IP um as tightly as it can and and we're going to talk about that um but first i think we should probably talk about podcoin yeah so podcoin is an app that we talk about quite a bit if you guys haven't heard about it you can get it on both apple and android and they actually pay you to listen to your favorite podcasts for every minute of podcasts that you listen to you get a podcoin and that podcoin can be put towards gift cards and even donated to charity. So if you guys are interested, you can download the app. And if you haven't yet signed up, you can use our code, which is online warriors to get 500 bonus podcoin to start. There you have it. Um, I do also want to shout out our good friend, Mr. Ben Shackness. Uh, 
Ben is our uh, one of our producers. He's our, one of our Patreon producers as he supports us at the night level, which is the top level of our Patreon support tree. Um, as a producer, Ben not only gets a shout out in every episode, but he also gets input on our final game segment every week. And he will quite soon, I think, um, be making a guest appearance on the show. Ooh. Uh, mm. So get excited for that. Um, he also gets access to um, our secret segments every month, our vlogs every month. Um, so it's it's a pretty good life being, being a night supporter uh, on our Patreon. Wink, wink nudge nudge go check it out um and if you don't feel up to giving us some night support that's totally fine you can also hit us up on the squire level which still gets you access to the secret segment and the vlog or the page level which gives you access to the secret segment every month so head on over to our patreon at uh i think it's just patreon.com slash online warriors podcast to uh check it out and um we thank you in advance for any support you're willing to throw our way Hey, this is Liz. Hey, this is Heather. And we are Nerdy Bitches Podcast. A show where two geeky ladies podcast their way through pop culture. From movies and TV to our regular book club and everything in between, we bring you our favorite fandoms with a feminine eye. We are talking Star Wars, Star Trek, DC Marvel, comic books, and anime. And don't forget sci-fi, fantasy, action movies, video games, D&D, board games, and so much more. Be sure to check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you find awesome podcasts. You can also find us hanging out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and at nerdybitches.com. See you soon. Let's dive into uh, what I see as, as one of the biggest news pieces today, and um, certainly to me the most devastating. Um, for those that have not yet heard, um, Sony and Marvel can't get along with regards to our favorite web slinger. And apparently negotiations have just completely broken down and it's now sounding like I, I'm not sure it's hundred percent confirmed, but it's se- it's seeming very, very dire at this point that um, Tom Holland's Spider-Man will no longer be in any MCU movies, no connection to Iron Man or any of the other Marvel characters. Um, yeah. Th- th- so this immediately raises a lot of questions. Um, so I want to, I want to clarify what that means specifically. Sure. Sony owns the rights to Spider-Man and Peter Parker. That's, and no longer can Marvel use either of those things is what that means. Yeah. So basically so what happened. Can they use Miles Morales? Is, I feel like that's what you're, the question you're leading to. Can Marvel use whoa, Miles Morales? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Total spoilers to where I was going, but yes. Sorry. If, so I'm glad you said that because you just you framed it that way. I, I sorry to, to steal your thunder. Oh yeah, it's, it's, well, you should be. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I personally think the MCU is still in a good place with regards to filling that web slinger void, and here's why: Sony owns Spider-Man and Peter Parker, and that is it. So I'm going to stop you there because they do also own the rights to Miles Morales. So what you're definitely forgetting about is the fact that Sony has come out with two other movies in the past year that were actually very good into the Spider-Verse, which had a central character of Miles Morales. They so they 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 released Miles into the Spider-Verse, yes, but they didn't. They don't own Miles Morales's rights. I okay, I'm going to Google this. Okay. Okay. Fact check. So, 
Who owns Miles Morales? Assume I'm right for the for the the purpose of this rant. And by the way, you're going to see that it's Marvel still owns Miles Morales. Anyways, so first thing is that specifically Peter Parker and Spider Man. Second thing is that if you remember in Spider Man Far From Home, they set it up where effectively the public is against Spider Man. Okay, kind of opens them up for a he's in hiding kind of point of view. So where did Spider-Man go? Well, we can't say it. Where did our favorite web singer go? Nowhere to be seen. You know, you can put legal spins on this in the quote-unquote headlines to pretty much adhere to, hey, he's nowhere to be seen, he's in hiding, what have you. The other side... Wait, sorry, go on. I have a lot of questions already, but I'll let you finish. The other side of it, in Spider-Man Homecoming, they already introduced his uncle, Aaron Davis, played by... Donald Glover. Yes. And he had winked to having a nephew in New York, i.e. Miles Morales. So they've introduced Miles Morales basically in the MCU. They have a scapegoat for Peter Parker to be in hiding. And they don't not have the rights to Miles Morales. Those three things I think are key, and I think they could still do it. The only weird thing is whenever he's talking to people he'll never be called spider-man he'll just be called miles and i think that's so, pretty easy to navigate but i don't know how you would get around the costume how you would get around the logo all of that kind there's of stuff. so many yeah there's so many it's not spider-man issues i mean so well i already saw in at one point in far from home he's in when he's in europe he's called the night monkey and i've already heard a bunch of jokes or read a bunch of jokes that are like oh they somebody doesn't have the rights to night monkey so they're going to call him night monkey now i don't think that's going to happen but i i'm just like are are you telling me like do you think that so the end of far from home is you know you get the return of jk simmons which by the way was amazing and uh essentially like you said spider-man is is he's out there he's just yeah you know, he, it didn't, I think doesn't, doesn't Mysterio say that his name is Peter Parker and everything. And like, it's, he's out there. He's like exposed. So like you're saying he would go into hiding. Do you think that was written into the movie in, in case this sort of thing happened? Or do you think that's just a a lucky coincidence? I think I'd like to think it was a lucky coincidence. I don't think they had foreseen negotiations going poor. How, how could they? I don't like, Ah, I mean, because the, the rest of Far From Home, too, is like, they're really, I, I, the way I see it, they're hardcore framing Tom Holland as like the next Tony Stark. And like, he's going to be this, he's going to be the next tech guy. And he's like on the plane making his own suit. And like, it's all crazy. And he's got Happy Hogan. It's like a whole thing. So like, I don't, yeah, I don't think they would have foreseen him being phased out. I'm just like, my initial gut emotional reaction is like annoyance and anger at sony of like and maybe that's the marvel fanboy me i immediately want to blame sony and be like how could you let this happen like the negotiations from what i've read were over money like see that this is sony's only billion dollar franchise how could they how could they afford or how could they feel they afford they can afford to give this away and like take him back and say we'll do better can't you see what marvel's doing and how good they are at it like do you really think you can do better 
So there, I, there's I an aspect. So we didn't totally explain the entire thing before we jumped into discussing potential offshoots and how they could amend the problem. Um, so basically what happened was that there, the contract for Spider-Man was up for renegotiation and Disney was, I believe, only taking 2% profits or something like that. And then they owned all of the the product merchandising rights for Spider-Man. Um, so they countered asking for 50% of all of the revenue from the movies. And Sony, obviously, I mean, that's a big jump from 2% to 50%. Sony coming off the heels of the success of Into the Spider-Verse and Venom, which even though it was critically panned, did great at the box office. I mean, that's a lot of money to lose when you think that you just had two hits in the same Spider-Verse, quote unquote, that you can kind of bank off of. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, I what it really comes down to is, is greed from both companies, that's a huge jump, though, from Disney and Marvel. So I kind yeah. of understand Disney's perspective merely because the agreement was that Disney, well, specifically the director of the Kevin Feige, could participate and pretty much mold the whole storyline as long as Sony got the majority of the profits. So basically, pretty much charity work as far as the profits from the movie goes. So I kind of understand Disney's perspective on on upping the percentage. And, and, and really, I think they're in the right. It's a collaborative thing. It should have been 50-50. And I think Sony should have agreed to it. Kevin Feige, just, just in case he's listening, I want to make sure you... He's probably a listener, right? I want to make sure you're pronouncing his name right. We know your name is spelled Feige. And like, Mr. I don't Kevin. disagree with you, though. Like, I do think that Disney should have been earning more. But going from two to fifty percent was a huge a jump. jump. That's a that's a very big jump to make. It's a big jump, but I I think like I don't know. I would have to compare actively, but like when you look at the Andrew Garfield Spider Man, which was like obviously in many ways a very different animal, and they tried to set up more movies at the end of the second one, but they never it never really got off the ground, and like. I don't know. You just, if I was Sony and I was seeing what Marvel was doing and seeing how integral the Spider-Man character was to it, I don't know. I I know fifty two to fifty is a big jump, but like you're still getting fifty percent of a billion dollars. Like you're the the Sony execs are asking a whole heck of a lot of whoever unlucky soul they get to try and direct the next Spider-Man movie. Which, by the way, the other question is. Is that Spider-Man Tom Holland? I mean, or I is think it someone else? I was reading somewhere that Tom Holland is under contract for another two movies. So at the end of the day, if they're going to continue forth with Spider-Man, they, I think, have Tom Holland under contract. Like, he'll have to do it unless he makes a huge stink and breaks the contract. But so I he's don't contracted know. through Sony and not... Yes, you know, he's contracted yeah, through Sony. I just don't understand how... Like, how do you write a movie around that? Like... I don't understand. They've built in the Marvel Cinematic Universe too much into his backstory, especially with all of the interactions with Tony Stark. Like, you'd have to get rid of Happy. I mean, you could do it. You'd have to get rid of all the suits. You'd have to eliminate all of the mentions of Tony Stark and basically pretend that that never happened. You'd have to pretend that the snap never happened and, like, that aspect of the movie is completely gone. It just... it. It would be a very difficult thing to write, and I would hate to be the writer if Sony and Disney can't come to some kind of agreement in the near future to have to make a Spider-Man 3. So you think there might be renegotiations? 
I mean, I think there has to be. I don't understand how, if you're Marvel, I understand that you want a bigger chunk of the pie, but can you afford to have this character that you've built up to basically lead the next phase of the Avengers just disappear? Yes, you absolutely can. And, and, and here's why. Marvel has no shortage of character. They have a hundred characters. They have Captain Marvel. She arguably is going to lead the next phase and c- certainly could if she if it wasn't planned already. You have Natalie Portman coming in as the next Thor. Um, you have Valkyrie. You have Doctor Strange. Like you, you have no shortage of characters who could work together to fill that void. Now, would the end... Would it make Spider-Man Far From Home feel like a bit of a clunky afterthought? Sure. But... Marvel can bounce back from that, I think. And like, I, I understand that they can, but do you think any of those characters are top tier enough? Like, I don't know. I no. asked my nephew who's four years old and I'm like, hey, who are your favorite characters? And Spider-Man is the top of his list. Because, I mean, Spider-Man sure. is timeless, almost. He, but the, he's, he, he's one of the most iconic superheroes ever and there's, there's no denying that. But I would argue that Marvel is already like with the exception of Spider-Man, they're already moving away from well-recognized superheroes. They're in that process already. This would just speed it along a little bit. So you had said that Spider-Man is timeless, but let's let's circle back to what built the whole MCU up. And that's Iron Man, right? They started with Iron Man, who for a lot of people was kind of this afterthought character that no one cared about. And now it's synonymous with the Avengers. You can't not have him be even be mentioned and that's all thanks to the way the MCU built it up. So you don't need to have, you know, the the one Marvel the character that everyone always thinks of to yeah. build an empire. It could be, I don't know, Squirrel Girl can be the next big one. Who knows? But that said, knowing that Iron Man was the pinnacle that the end or the the pillar basically that the entire MCU is built on, Peter Parker was his mostly hand picked protege. Yeah, yeah, protege. How do you get around that? find a new one <laughs> well i mean i guess you don't need to find a new one because now iron man's gone too do you want to know I, what, you want to know what peter parker's know. saying right now while these negotiations are going on i can't wait to make all this money i don't want to go mr stark oh yeah i've, I've seen so many me i like i've seen a bunch of like there's a, there's a line in endgame where um when they save Tony Stark and he gets off the ship and he's talking to Captain America and he's like, I lost the kid. I've seen like a bunch of like pictures with like the Marvel logo on Tony's face and stuff. There's going to be a whole ton of memes. I, so here's what I see happening. And I, I just, just came clear in my mind's eye. So you guys, did you guys see Venom? I did not see Venom. Nope. Well, it, it takes place in San Francisco. If my memory serves me correctly. So I think we're going to see, and this is going to blow you away. It's going to be wild. I think we're going to see Tom Holland's Peter Parker move to San Francisco and interact with Venom in his next movie. I mean, if I they don't come to an agreement, I think you I, have to. That's, that, that's, I think if they, yeah, in the, in the event of no renegotiation, that is what, that's what we're looking at um, in terms of like a path of least resistance to get those two characters into a movie together that's what it looks like. And again, you're you're then whitewashing all of Tom Holland's Peter Parker's backstory. It's just him showing up in San Francisco saying, I have these powers. Let's do this. You know, which would certainly be interesting. Um, but I don't know what better choices they have outside of renegotiation. It's I don't know. certainly in a an way, interesting time. 
do you blame the success of Venom and Into the Spider-Verse for kind of getting Sony's confidence up to think that they could continue this Spider-Man series without totally screwing it up? I don't I don't think they they could do it with Venom circling back to that just because if you if you look at where the symbiote ba- base a lot of its own powers on it's because it kind of adopted that from Spider interacting with Spider-Man first and then it went to Eddie Brock. So right. So there has to have been something some kind of interaction prior to Eddie getting the symbiote. I mean in all of the MCU movies, though, they've been able to pick and choose where they want to follow comic book lore. Like, I can see them trying to explain that away somehow. That I don't see that standing in the way of the only path forward, really, that they can do with the Spider-Man movies. In Venom, I, I'm not even sure what the mention level of Spider-Man is. Like, like that's, that certainly doesn't feed into the symbiote's backstory at all. There's no mention of Spider-Man. There's no interaction of the symbiote with Spider-Man that I'm aware of. It's just, this came from space. Now Eddie Brock has it and he is Venom. That's essentially all it is. And I, I know what you're saying is true to the comic books, but I mean, you know, even look at Spider-Man and the MCU. They they decided, okay, we're not going to show his origin story because we don't think we have to. And they didn't. And granted, in that case, it was because everyone already knew it. But there's a lot of creative things that these studios could do to get around it. I just don't know if they're going to be what's best for the character as we know him now. In fact, they probably won't be. I mean, the only one thing that I could see them doing, and one of the complaints that I've heard about the Spider-Man movies, and like I've enjoyed the standalone movies a lot, but a lot of people that I know didn't because they felt they relied too heavily on MCU references and that there really hasn't been anything that Peter Parker has to take on in the scope of just like New York City where the Avengers wouldn't get involved in some capacity. And maybe this would be the opportunity to have those smaller stories with Spider-Man specific villains that aren't on this world level that would require Iron Man to come in and save him. Like maybe then you'd see him actually be in your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. I don't know. I can see them taking that path too and it not being terrible. But like how if you're completely changing the the team developing these movies aside from obviously the actor and the director i think the director is also staying on like i don't know if you'll retain the same tone or if it'll even feel cohesive with the original two movies yeah nerd bomber i, I kind of tend to agree with you with that i guess we'll have to wait and see what happens and hopefully they can renegotiate so we can have more of a organic timeline like we've been hoping for with the next set of phases yeah i think that's definitely the best case scenario yeah it's gonna be a scary time but i mean there are a lot of people who have a lot of money and a lot of other smart people who want to make sure this transition if there if a transition is to happen is as smooth as possible so we'll have to see what happens but um very exciting news um speaking of exciting news let's talk about us um Let's break into our What Are You Up To Wednesday and um, find out what we've been up to. So um, I think this week, I'm going to go first, actually. I feel like I usually defer, but I'm going to swing us right into this and just say that um, I saw Hobbs and Shaw. What was it? Oh, my Was goodness. it very um, fast and furious, kind of with explosions, cars, explosions, cars? There, so, so, okay, if you haven't seen the trailer... 
um first of all you should go watch it right now because it looks very explosions cars explosions cars there is a part where dwayne johnson is on the back of like a tow truck looking thing and jason statham is driving it and then he throws a chain dwayne johnson does throws a chain and like wraps it around a wing of the helicopter and then is driving the tow truck towing along the helicopter just holding it with his bicep i mean it is a nonstop movie. There's like a hundred fist bumps. Like there's like six different times where someone drinks something out of a glass and then throws it over their shoulder and it just breaks on the ground. Like it's just, it's so bro and it's so ridiculous. Did so you like, did you watch it with someone that you could fist bump with throughout the entire movie? No, that was maybe the worst part of the experience. I watched, I went by myself. So like, it was one of the movies where, it was one of those movies where something ridiculous happens and you want to turn to someone and essentially just say like, did I watch that? But you can't because you're by yourself. So like, it was a very interesting viewing experience. Um, If you're looking to watch something real goofy and real explosion-y, then I'd say I recommend it. But But it needs uh, to be with your best bro. It needs to you yeah, it needs to be a very testosterone filled experience. Or sister and from another mister. I'll I'll let you figure out what that is for yourself. But um I, I watched Hobbs and Shaw, which was interesting. Um I also played a board game that I do want to give a shout out to. Um it's a board game called Chameleon. And um essentially it's it's one of these like deception y kind of games. Obviously the name implies that you're trying to blend in with a bunch of people um essentially everyone knows a word except for you and you're trying to pretend like you know what the word is it's just a very interesting one of those kinds of games great party game it reminds Um, me of i don't know if you've played jackbox i forget even which expansion right yeah where you have to like pretend that you don't know what's going on or that you do know what's going on but you really don't that actually sounds like a lot of fun there's a lot of games like like Spyfall is another game like that that's really fun. Uh, Drunken Sailor is a, is a picture based version of that. Also, Fake Artist goes to New York. Basically, everyone is working together to draw a picture, but one person doesn't know what the picture is, so they have to like pretend like they do when they're drawing. Um, they're very fun social deduction games, so I just I recommend that. Um, other than that, uh, my girlfriend and I have still we've been grinding on on Overcooked and Overcooked Two, and we've we're, we're into like dlc now which i'm not really a big dlc buyer but we're loving it we're loving the couch co-op so shout out to overcooked team 17 all that and uh yeah other than that pretty uneventful so i'll swing it over to y'all so we had our annual nectic summer bash it's the reason why i picked the end first because the other one doesn't sound as good um and (laughs) Can you just, can you say it? Can you give us all that payoff? It's either neck tick or turd bomber. So I'm going to go with neck tick. I mean, that's pretty good. I see why why you chose neck tick though. I kind of like turd bomber. I don't know. All right. We had our annual turd bomber summer bash. And (laughs) for those of you who know me, my favorite thing about setting up for a party is the Edison light bulbs. You see them at at a lot of new up-and-coming breweries that are have an outdoor bar. They're the fancy large light bulbs that you hang outside. And just the lighting is gorgeous. So 
we had our party. I, I had my Edison light bulbs and I had my world famous Mai Tai Mai jug. Tais. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, it was a good time. Two Mai Tais is all it takes to get you get you feeling good. So, Nerd Bomber? Uh, I feel like I've been doing a lot besides our Turd Bomber party. Um, so first, <laughs> I'd like to start off with... Uh, I watched The Long Shot finally, and that was a movie that I meant to see. We actually, there was a, a free preview screening back in the day before it came out. And it was at the Regal, and you basically, they gave out tickets to a lot of people, and you had to show up early. And we were I literally, I know you went, but we were one of great. the like last two people who didn't get in. Like, Yikes. Two people ahead of us got in and we we're like, oh, well, that blows. So we never actually went to see it. And then finally we rented it on demand and it was a pretty good movie. I found it very enjoyable. Turned out to be a lot better than what I expected. Yeah, it was very I, yeah. sufficiently funny. I enjoyed it. I, I liked it. I was a big fan of, uh, oh man. And, and you know, um, well, Carolyn clearly wasn't that big of a fan because I can't think of his name now. His Seth friend. Rogen. No, his friend. The other oh, guy. Ice can't Cube think of his- Son? Ice Cube's son. Yeah, but I, I want to I not just call him Ice Cube's son, but he was great. He was my favorite part. Um, yeah, that movie, yeah, I agree. It exceeded my expectations. Um, and then besides that, we've still been playing a lot His of... His name's Ice Chip, by the way. <laughs> that, is, that is fake news. Um, but we've been playing a lot of Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 still, um, making some progress. We're a few levels in at this point. And the one thing that we are starting to notice the more that we play it is that even though we're having a ton of fun with the game, we're getting very frustrated by two things. One is the camera angle, which I know we talked about before, but it just gives you the most bizarre camera angles that then really hinders you in super critical moments. So that's a lot of fun. And the second thing is stupid AI. Like we were in a boss battle against the Green Goblin where you had to throw bombs at the Green Goblin in order to damage him. And not only did the AI not figure that out, but then they basically just kept running in his path when he would do his big damage attack. And then we didn't want them to heal the other AI player when it went down because then we couldn't heal ourselves. Like they would use it because you get limited amounts of revivals. You have three in any one level. And so they would use all of the revivals on themselves and there's no way to turn it off. So then when one of us would finally die in like a super key moment when the boss only had a little bit of health left, we could not revive each other. So that is another pain point in the game. But otherwise, we are having a ton of fun. We assembled a really cool black and red colored team. We've got Spider-Man, Miles Morales, we've got Falcon, and then Scarlet Witch. And overall, we think it's a pretty good combo. It's working super well right now. Basically all pretty much flyers. Yeah. If you can fly or like swing in the air or basically be aerial in some capacity in this game, I feel like it really helps a lot. So overall, lots of fun. So a couple things. Um, First of all, if any of you listeners out there are playing Marvel's Ultimate Alliance 3, uh, send us a tweet. Hit us up on Instagram. Uh, Tell us who's on your team. Um, secondly, Ice Cube's son's name is O'Shea Jackson Jr., which Ice Cube's name is O'Shea Jackson. I did not uh, know that. So technically he is Ice Chip. He, oh yeah, I mean, he's, he's Ice Cube's oldest son. So yeah, you could certainly call him Ice Chip. Uh, that is not his stage name. His stage name is OMG. Come on. Which, which I would assume stands for Oh My God or Oh My Gosh. 
I don't know. Um, oh my gosh. He was great in that movie. Um, and speaking of movies, we should also give everyone an update on week one of season three, four. I can never remember what season it is. I think it's of, three. I think it's three of fantasy movie league. Um, spoiler alert. Nerd bomber is still annoyingly good at this. Uh, she is first in the league has one win, which was the first week. She's sitting pretty at one Oh one, 101 million. Um, Coming in second in his favorite place spoiler is Tactic. You got spoiler yeah. alert. <laughs> he's always in second place. This is where he lives. Um, he's just about seven and a half million shy of her uh, down at 94 million. Um, third place is me, but I am a far cry away at 80 and a half million. So roughly 20 back from the, uh, the lead. Um, then we have Devin Reed, who's just a couple million shy of me. Uh, hipster pop geek. Spitfire, 32, Mecha Yoda are all in the 60 million range. And then I'm not sure what Hackett's Tech did to uh, get only 15 million. I but, think he uh, didn't hey. remember to set a lineup. So it autofilled with two Dora the Explorers and um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So it like what autofilled. What a powerhouse lineup. Uh, so yeah, he's at, he's at 15, he or she, I should say, is at 15 million. Uh, and then we still have our friends at Dem Fancy uh, hanging down at zero, hanging strong. And then it looks like uh, our friend Ben, who we've already talked about, our, our Patreon producer, is in the cut, but uh, he also logged zero this week. So um, the two of them, there's still time for them to get into this. Uh, it's only week one out of a 10-week season, so anything can happen at this point. Um, I already have my lineup set for next week, and I am very excited. So um, if you want to get in on the fun, uh, head on over to Fantasy Movie League and look up the Online Warriors podcast. Um, we are a private league, and the password is podcast, all lowercase. So um, now is probably one of the best times to get in um, because you can remain competitive throughout the entire season. You won't have missed too many weeks in the 10-week season. So um, we encourage you to play along. And with that, I will turn it over to our quiz master for the week, who happens to be Nerd Bomber, the previous week's winner. All right, so this week, um, as voted on by our Patreon producer, we have some Insomniac trivia, which we felt was very fitting based on the recent news that we talked about earlier in the episode. So this is going to be a numbers-based game like we usually do. It's going to be Price is Right style. So if you bust, you get no points. And then if you don't bust, just whoever is closer. So this is all trivia based on Insomniac. So first, I'm going to start out with how old do you think Insomniac Games is? In years? Yes, in years. You can go first. I, You know what? I would love to because I know the answer to this. Uh, I think that... Oh, boy. Do I know the answer to this? Have faith in yourself. Yeah. I, okay. I'm going to say 33 years, and I feel very good about it. I'm going to say 25 years. All right. So this one's actually very impressive. Tectic is right on the money. They are 25 years old. They were founded in 1994. I want a recount. I, 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 are you sure you got it right? Are you sure the, the answer is right? I am 100% certain, but maybe next the next question, you'll have this one right. Okay. So in that 25 years, how many games has Insomniac Games developed? Tactic, you'll go I'm first on this I one. I am so glad I'm not going first on this. I don't even Hang have on, a remotest guess. 
Oh, he's actually, he's legitimately, for those of you who obviously can't see him, he is counting the number of games on his fingers. His face is like stern in consternation. 25. All right, that sounds familiar. Oh my goodness, that is way too high. Uh, I'm going to cut it in half and say 12. All right, so Tectic is right on this one again. It's not 25, (sighs) but it's actually 32. And their games span all platforms. Uh, They have PlayStation games, obviously an Xbox game. They also have some app games. And they even have a VR game in their portfolio. Um, One of their top (laughs) franchises was actually Spyro the Dragon, everyone's favorite cartoon dragon. How many Spyro games did they make? I just want to say that... uh in spite of my two mis- incorrect answers, I still plan on winning this. How many questions are there? I have seven questions. Oh, okay. So the game is young. Um, how many Spyro games are there? Well, you just said there's 32 games total. There's 12. I'm going with my previous answer. 12. Okay, Tactic, what do you think? I want to say 25, but I'm not going to. <laughs> I'm going to divide that by five and say five. Okay, so you both busted on this one. They actually only made the first three Spyro games. I thought there was the three main story, and then there was like two spinoffs. I thought there was like 12 app games. So there there are a million apps. There are a bunch of different Spyro games, but Insomniac themselves only worked on three of them. Interesting. Oh, okay. Uh, I accept the outcome. So does that mean no one gets points, or are you giving Tech a point? No one got points on that one. Okay, I'm okay with that. So, moving on to another major franchise that Insomniac worked on. How many Ratchet and Clank games did they make? Tactic, you are first this time. He's thinking hard. I'm going to go with five. Seems like a really, seems like a really good number. Um, I'm going to... See, I feel like five is exactly right. Uh, I'm going to go with three. All right, so Tactic actually won this one. They made 11 Ratchet and Crank <laughs> games. You would have been closer Man. with the 12. This is this is a blowout. You so, still have so, you still can tie this up. There's three questions can, left. So I have to I have to run the table now. Yeah. All right. I've I've had worse. All right. So the next question is as of July 28th of this year, 2019, how many copies of Spider-Man have been sold in millions? Ooh. Uh, hmm. so all Spider-Man games are just just well, this, the yes, Insomniac Marvel, Marvel Spider-Man game. Yeah, didn't they didn't make s- any movie games? No, they've no, only worked on the Marvel Spider-Man game that just came out. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Um, I'm gonna say eighteen million. All right, Tactic, what do you got? You know what I'm gonna say. Twenty-five. <laughs> Million. Oh. <laughs> All right. So, illegal brace yourself for this. Ah, oh, gosh, dang it. Okay, you busted. Fine. I accept I accept the outcome. Yeah, so it was they sold 13.2 million units of oh, the Spider-Man game. I should have said 12. I should have said 12. Yeah. This 5 is working great for me. Yep. I'm I am blowing it. All right. I, I let's keep going cuz I want to see if I can at least get on the board. Yeah, so you've officially lost, but we do have two more questions that we this can go brutal. through. I hate this. C- continue. Okay, so according to greatplacetowork.com, how many employees 
does Insomniac Games currently have? This may have changed now that they're acquired by Sony, but as of before the news, how many employees did they have? <sighs> uh, well, Tactic, you're first. Thank God. It's been helping me a lot when you go first. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Five hundred. <laughs> okay, I thought you were just going to say five. Um, oh, man. You know what? It's less than 500. I'm going to go with my strategy that's been working super well so far. I'm going to take your answer and cut it in half and say 250. All right. Illegal. You finally got one right. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I wish I had like confetti or something for you, but it's How? 284 employees. Get a wow, soundboard. Yeah. Okay. So, so scorekeeper. So, so. So it's four to one right now. It's four to one. Okay. So I want to at least try and get two because that's like, I didn't get blown out. It was, it's like a semi respectable defeat. All right. So the last question that I have for you guys is over all of the games that they have developed, what is the average Metacritic score out of 100? Ooh. Okay. You know what? This is a high number. Eighty-two. All right, tactic. What do you got for us? You gonna go with five? No. <laughs> go, go, dude. Say five. Because <laughs> they all there. There were they weren't all winners. I'm gonna go with. I'm still not going with five. Um, I'm gonna go with sixty-nine percent. You oh, would nice. go with sixty-nine. Nice. All right. So you actually your sixty-nine got you the point. They had an average Metacritic score of 78 across all of their games. Oh, I, you know, I was so close. Okay, Insomniac, be better, okay? Be four points better. I was so close. You uh, had a lot where if you didn't bust, you would have been closer. Well, close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. This is true. Um, okay, well, I guess uh, I'm going to get to play again next week. Um, yeah, but Tactic, I'm okay with you're going to be the host. I was dropping fives on it. Yeah. I have a feeling that your trivia next week is going to be trivia about the number five. It's super yeah. interesting, folks. I mean, playing is more fun. So I'm I'm, I'm okay with this. Uh, I feel like I learned a lot, though. Every time that we host one of these shows, I feel like trying to come up with questions, you end up learning a lot about whatever subject that you pick. I learned a lot about Pac-Man last week. I can tell you that much. So yeah, it's it's a fun experience for us. It's hopefully fun for our, our producer to help us select the topic. And hopefully it's fun for you to listen to me get a lot of answers wrong. Um, it was fun. Because that may happen again. Yeah, I'm sure it was fun for you because you won. But hopefully for the listeners, it was also at least mildly entertaining. And, and hopefully this episode was uh, music to your ears, so to speak. And um, again, we thank you for listening. Uh, if you like what you hear... Feel free to head on over to iTunes and other podcast sources and and give us a good review. Um, hit us up on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, my handle is illegal eighty six. Sorry, my handle is ow illegal eighty six. I am ow nerd bomber and yeah. ow tactic as well. And uh, the ow or is it just online warriors one is the home account. Yep, it's uh, online warriors one. So. Uh, feel free to to hit us up um we will talk back that is is it fair to say that's a promise at this point that we'll talk back we're pretty social on our media Mm -hmm. i i think we can make that promise so if you want to interact with us um 
now's your chance before we get inundated with millions and millions of followers because you know i'm sure that's happening very soon um so yeah thank you for listening and um we'll talk to you again next week yeah catch you next week see ya